met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. Stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. To another episode of Subconscious Realms. I'm your host, General Lee. And for tonight, we have a Jehovah's Witness who finally woke up from the indoctrination by seeing occult connections to the Watchtower. Uh, this gentleman is research, yeah, it's just elite level um, period. Um, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the extraordinary Jack Pine. Now then, Jack. Hey, how you doing? Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity as well, Jack. Thanks. Have you been you've been okay? Yeah, yeah. Things have been okay. Despite all the craziness in the world, uh, family and I are doing all right. Oh, it's just madness, isn't it? Madness. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's the weather like round your way. I'm sorry, what was that? The weather. What's the weather like your way at the minute? Uh, actually, it's kind of overcast. It's, it's going to rain off and on today. It's like icy as fuck round here. And but sun's beaming. <laughs> that was earlier when I went out. Dark now. Oh, wow. So, Jack, um, I, I first heard you when you... It's a, a cult rejects episode. Um another killer episode um three hours are uh yeah and, and i found it fascinating how you you know the occult connections are something that i mean i don't know much about jehovah's witnesses um i'm hoping you'll be able to uh, shed a light in it for us please or yeah. what, what you what you what you see with your own eyes yeah so to speak do my best to explain it as clearly as I can. Oh, um, thank you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I was born and raised um, a Jehovah's Witness. Um, I didn't get baptized until I was in my, my later teen years. Um, they want you to, at least back then, um, they wanted you to be able to um, come to your own conclusion that you, you felt that it was... Um, the so-called true religion, and so one of one of the word whiskers they use is uh, many of the members call it the truth. And so, the truth. If, yeah. So if if anybody has read anything about uh, various cults or high control groups, I mean, yeah. you can already see uh, right there that uh, the programming starts uh, right from the beginning. So if if you were to, to doubt something later on. Um, a lot of people, unfortunately, um, start to break, have breakdowns and uh, mental disorders uh, because you're going against 
something that you've been programmed to believe is the truth. And if yeah. you're in it for years or possibly decades, um, you know, going against that programming, it's it's very hard on a person. So there is. Uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. So no, just to, so you said this like uh, an often occurrence. Yeah, yeah. Most members uh, refer to it as the truth. So they'll they'll call themselves Jehovah's Witnesses, but they yeah. say we're in the truth is how they refer to it. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody on on the outside, um, there's a there's a doctor named um, Steve Hassan, and he's he was actually a former uh, Mooney. Um, he was in that cult, and uh, his parents actually rescued him from it. Um, uh, just a simplified version. I think they ended up having to kidnap him, got him in a hotel room with a, somebody to deprogram him. And after it was done, um, he started realizing that, hey, this isn't the truth. And then uh, he devoted, you know, the rest of his life to psychology and helping other people get out of cults. And so I'd, I'd highly recommend um, anybody who's interested in in uh, either witnesses or any cult. Uh, if you read uh, the books that he's written, uh, he's very insightful. Having experience. What's his name again, Jack? Uh, Steve Hassan. Steve. Yeah, Steve Hassan. See, I can. Let me look that up for I you. I shall have a look for that. Oh, there's a show notes as well, that way. Yeah. He, yeah, he's done incredible work. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's uh, his last name is H A S S A N. H A S S A N. No problem, mate. Thank you. Oh yeah, no problem. Um, <clears throat> but I did want to kind of start out and pre prefacing the show, just saying that if if anybody out there does know Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, I'm not trying to bash any individual people. Um, my personal belief is that the majority of them are, are wonderful people. Um, actually, the reason why I do this is because I love them. And I yeah. hope that, you know, some, something they hear or something they read in the future will help help them get out of that control. Group. Um, <clears throat> so I would just say that it's best. Uh, if you know somebody that you work with or you have a family member that's in it or whatever the case, um, you know, don't jump in and, you know, on the attack and tell them that they're in a cult. Because if you do that, defensive walls go up and they're just not going to listen to anything that you say. Um, the way that they're programmed is to feel that once that happens, it's whatever you're saying is coming from Satan. And they will they will run from you as fast as they can, honestly. Yeah. And so the, I found the best approach with uh, with witnesses or Mormons, anybody that you speak with, is you know just to show them love, consideration, not push anything. But if they're willing to have a conversation, just you know put in little things. It's like the human beings at the end of the day, mate, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, um, but uh, like I said, it costs I, out to be nice, does it? 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's the only way to do it. You know, if if you're not, it's, you know, I mean, like with anybody, you know, if you're in a relationship with somebody, the moment you start yelling, like that's when people stop listening and then it's just becomes a shouting match. You know, so nail on the head, though, mate. That's yeah, 100% like, true. Yeah, the problem at that point, the problem isn't fixed. It's just who's going to win the argument, but not who's fixing the problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, uh, but like I was saying, uh, I was born and raised in it. I uh, got baptized in my later teens. And uh, when I was growing up in it, I was a true believer. I really believed that that it was the truth. Um, one of the things that started breaking my beliefs in it down uh, was growing up um, i had come home one day from a friend's house and my parents had a, a young couple over that they had kind of taken under their wing and uh, th this young woman unfortunately had suffered from uh, some kind of ritual abuse and i don't know ritual abuse yeah yeah, so some people would refer to it as satanic ritual abuse. Um, I just don't. Yeah, it's yeah. If you look into it, it's it, it gets really crazy, and um, I just my heart goes out to anybody that suffered from from anything like that. It's disgusting, uh, mate. Isn't it? I, I will tell you something after we've finished as well about on that subject. Oh right, yeah, uh, please. Yeah. yeah, please. I got some information I can share with you on that. Uh, later. Oh, brilliant. Like swap shop, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know um, the specifics, what what group it was. So I just leave it as saying it's it was some type of ritual abuse that yeah. she had gone through. And, you know, I believe forced to drink urine, you know, blood. Um, it, there was ritual rape and things that. What? Yeah, just it. Yeah. Did she just it was, did ritual rape? Yeah. What the fuck's wrong with these people, so? Yeah, I, yeah, who, you know. Jeez, oh, I'm sorry, mate. I'm sorry. I don't no, find no, you the, the old language, but sometimes. No, that's, honestly, that should I, be everybody's reaction. I mean, really, instead of doubting what people are telling them, everybody should be mad or angry that, you know, people get treated that way on any level. And they're probably still getting treated like that way now. And they're that high up, they've got all way up like that jimmy savile oh yeah he was guy the nonce um he got away with it for years and years yeah they, look, uh, they, don't, they, they look after him mate they look after him yeah who was it um the who was the punk band the i want to say the lead singer um came out and spoke against jimmy savile because not too many uh, people in america suspicious Oh, that's right, Sid Vicious. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's amazing to see. And then he kind of got blackballed from the BBC, right? They kept him off TV after that for a long time, and yeah, yeah, it's horrible. Um, so, but I, I did want to say in regards to what she had experienced, um, as horrible as it as it was, um, my belief is that that wasn't something that was sanctioned by the Jehovah's Witness organization. I, I'm not saying that. Um, but her dad was a baptized Jehovah's Witness. And 
the reason why that's so disturbing, because most people would just chalk it up to saying, well, there's good and bad people in every group or corporation or company or whatever label you want to put on it. Um, but the Jehovah's Witness belief is anybody who gets baptized, um, let alone somebody who would kind of work their way up in a congregation to maybe uh, a ministerial servant or what they call an elder. Yeah. It's kind of, they're deemed that if they do get to that point or even being baptized, um, it's deemed that the Holy Spirit has allowed it to happen. So if you're bringing somebody in and they become a baptized Jehovah's Witness, but in secret they are, you know, ritually abusing their their child or anyone else's or yeah. anyone for that matter, um, that kind of puts a flaw in the theology, saying that the Holy Spirit has deemed this person to be okay to be in yeah. it. You know, and so that was the starting point for myself um, to kind of see, you know, something's not adding up here. And it just made me kind of explore further. And so uh, from there, I did, I looked into uh, satanic ritual abuse, um, you know, of course, uh, Freemasonry. And I, I'm not making the claim that it's one and the same, even though people people have their stories and theories and um but, you know, things like Bohemian Grove, uh, I think a lot of people kind of started listening to Alex Jones for a while, um, and he got people to look in other directions. Um, there's a gentleman named uh, Chris Everard, a British author, and um, he's, I think he, he has the uh, EnigmaTV.com, I think is his website. Um, and he was on Truth Frequency radio for a while it's like an internet radio station and um he he made a series called the illuminati volumes and so i started watching watching his information um he did the secret space and he did a, a two or three uh, volumes on on the spirit world uh, but in watching that uh on the illuminati volumes the very first one um he goes in to uh, ritual magic and watching the the documentary uh you see magic circles you know being put on the screen and i noticed uh the tetragrammaton being used and the tetragrammaton uh, for those that don't know is the four hebrew letters that represent god's name and so jehovah's witnesses believe that the translation for the name is jehovah and there are other Christian sects that believe that as well. Um, but, you know, some people want to argue that it's not Jehovah, it's it's Yahweh or it's yad heh vad or, you know, however people want to pronounce it. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, that, that also caught my eye uh, because growing up as a Jehovah's Witness, um, kids that, you know, little kids have nightmares or if they're afraid, their parents tell them, well, you know, just pray to Jehovah and say his name out loud. And if there are demons, the demons would flee. And so that was something else that started to put a flaw in the theology for me, saying, well, if God's name is being used in magic ritual and we're taught that magic, you get your power from a demonic source, uh, 
you know, whatever you want to call it, a demon, an entity, uh, an energy, uh, whatever label you put on it, um, that to me just put a major flaw in the, in the theology of trying to on, on his name when his name is used in magic ritual. Yeah. yeah so that was sounds, one sounds crazy. It does, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, does. it does sound crazy. Um, uh, who else? There was oh Jordan Maxwell. Uh, I don't know if you've Jordan. heard his information. I've heard, I've heard of him. Uh, do, do you know something? You know, when I first started off podcasting, I was looking, you know, see what guests I could get on, and and he's he heard a few shows, Jordan, and you know, fascinating what he's talking about. And I reached out to him. I asked him like if he'd consider coming on. Uh, he said, "Yeah, not a problem." But can you buy um, every single volume of, of my books for it was either four or five hundred dollars? <laughs> You're like, like oh, uh, <laughs> no, sorry, mate. Yeah. Oh, oh well, just, just can you just buy them for a hundred dollars? Then it went from that four or five hundred dollars to a hundred dollars, and I sort of I thought I felt sorry for him. You know, oh, poor guy. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. he's endured quite a quite a bit of scrutiny and. Um, from my understanding is uh, an old business partner of his ended up stealing like his website, uh, his original website and a lot of his information books. And so he's, you know, he's lost, uh, allegedly, you know, he's lost a lot of money due, due to this person, whoever this person well, was. That's not, that's not nice, is it? That's not no. nice. Yeah, not good at all. But interesting thing about Jordan Maxwell, um, I think some people know, but not everybody, is Jordan Maxwell was a Jehovah's Witness at one time himself. In in his earlier, really? yeah. So, so that, what 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 is just say what's the difference between uh, just uh, right a Jehovah's Witness for star. Uh, what's the difference between a Jehovah's Witness and just say a Catholic, or a difference between Jehovah's Witness and a, a Christian? Um, I'd say the the fir- probably the first thing that would c- come up is Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, they don't believe in a Trinity. So, like, um, I, honestly, I'm still kind of trying to um, like myself. I consider myself a Christian now. Um, I've gotten right. out, out of the Jehovah's Witnesses, and I've I've been baptized in a Christian church, and that's that's the path that I'm pursuing. Um, but uh, so I'm still trying to wrap my head around the Trinity. Honestly, that's that's been a big thing uh, for Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, their theology casts so much doubt on the Trinity doctrine. Um, yeah. So they'll they'll say things like. Well, if why would God talk to himself, like referring to Jesus when he was doing his ministry on earth? And if he was praying, they're like, well, who is he praying to if God was on earth? And so they but they they also misrepresent the the Trinity doctrine. So they they don't explain it well. And then not or misguiding the explanation causes so much doubt um, and people in Jehovah's Witnesses, especially those who leave, um, I found that the majority of Jehovah's Witnesses or ex-Jehovah's Witnesses tend to go towards atheism. Um, and right. there's 
a, a large number that go towards uh, witchcraft or uh, the Wiccan. Witchcraft. Religion. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'll, interesting. Uh, yeah, I'll, uh, maybe not, maybe not today, but um, I I have some things information on that that as well. Um, so there's the Trinity doctrine. Um, they believe that the cross is a form of idolatry, and so they don't. Uh, you won't find a cross in a kingdom hall, or at least you're not supposed to. Um, <clears throat> what else? I mean, there's several things, you know, like Catholicism, they, they pray to the different saints. Um, Jehovah's Witnesses don't have any saints. Um, they don't celebrate any holidays, Christmas, um, Halloween, you know, people's Not birthdays. at all. Yeah, not, not at all. That's very unusual. Uh, yeah. Do they not have anything that they have to, uh, to follow? Like when was Jehovah born? Do they uh, celebrate that? No, well, they, it, it's funny. So the, in their theology, they believe that um, Jehovah has always existed. So, but, but the odd thing is, you know, they, they stick to uh, what some Christian sects stick to in saying that, you know, the earth has only been around for, you know, six or 7,000 years, like, give or take, you know, whatever, everybody has a slightly different timetable. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it's just odd. So, I mean, I remember as a kid asking my dad, you know, if Jehovah's been around, you know, forever, like we can't even fathom the amount of time, then why did it take him so long to create us? And nobody could ever answer that question. I mean, at least nothing to, <laughs> to a satisfying extent. Um, yeah. yeah, but uh, I don't know. There's there's a lot, um, but I think those are probably the biggest things that most most people uh, would run into, you know, because you know families want to get together during the holidays, but since witnesses aren't allowed to celebrate the holidays, um, and if they were to celebrate the holidays, they would actually get in trouble <sighs> in the church. Or yeah. In, yeah. So um, you could be uh, what they call disfellowshipped. If you were caught, yeah. So it's very, very close to being excommunicated in the Catholic Church. Right. I was just going to say, is there anything to do like similar to like John Wick when they excommunicated? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Awesome movie, by the way. Oh, um, quality. Quality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's really sad, and <clears throat> so people. I don't know. Some people have their ideas that. Uh, they think that it's just a form like a control mechanism to yeah. keep families separated. And if you can do that, keep them from getting outside information, it, then the, the members who are inside are easier to control. Now, whether that's that's the reason, uh, they would say no, obviously. Um, yeah. But that's, that's a theory that a lot of people have. Um, but for them, uh, they deem it as anything that that's of pagan origins, they try and keep themselves uh, separated from uh, as much right. as, as much as possible. Um, but, but on the other hand, I would say there's, there's other things that they do do that have pagan origins. Um, so uh, like for the disfellowshipping for one, uh, there was an article in their magazines back in the 19, 
believe it was the 1940s or 1950s. I apologize. I don't have the date. Um, I, I can send you I can send you the article later, uh, but it's on it's on uh, excommunication and uh, it being of pagan origins. Uh, but oddly enough, I think whenever that came out, I think it was like 14 years or so later, um, then they started with the disfellowshipping, which yeah. is really just another, a different name for excommunicating. So there might be a, a slight difference in it, but they, they, well, that they claim, but it's really the same thing. And in fact, I would say it's even harsher because if somebody's excommunicated from the Catholic Church, um, they're still allowed to associate with their family and their friends who who are in the church. Um, to, to my understanding, I could be wrong on that. That's that's what I've been told. Um, but Jehovah's Witnesses, if they become disfellowshipped, then they're no longer allowed to speak to anyone who is friend or family that are Jehovah's Witnesses. And so that's, yeah, and so um, a lot of people have said that they came out with um, a doctrine of uh, not taking any blood, um, so they won't, they won't have a blood transfusion, and it's because of, because of a, a scripture that they quote. Oh, yeah, I've heard about, I've heard about that, yeah, you're not allowed to, like, uh, say you need a new kidney or something, like, just certain procedures you're not allowed to have done as well, is that, is that correct? Yeah, so th there was a there was a time where you weren't allowed to get like an organ transplant. Um, now you now you're allowed to, but they ah, still, right. they still don't want you to take blood. Um, they want you to take like blood blood fillers or they'll call it blood fractions. Um, right. Was something that came out. I don't know. That was maybe ten or fifteen years ago. They started allowing blood fractions, and which kind of threw a lot of a lot of its members for a loop because they're like, well, wait, it's still blood, but what makes this fraction okay, you know, for me to take, but not if it had like one more, one more piece in there, then it's bad. But if that one piece is taken out, then it's okay. And so the you know their fraction doctrine uh, didn't make sense to a lot of people, but I think you know the majority of witnesses that were in accepted it because they're like well hey you know it just gives us more of a chance to survive if you know if something happens um so there there are people who have said that the blood transfusion um there have been tens of thousands of of witnesses that have died from not being able to take blood oh. and so depending on on how you want to look at it uh you know, some people could say, well, is that a form of a blood sacrifice then? Uh, you've got a, a, a huge point there, Jack. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not looks, looks it like is, it. But I'm also not saying that it isn't. You know, that, yeah, yeah. that I, I'll just leave that question for each individual to make. Depends how you, how you look at it, doesn't it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think that, like, now, Something like having uh, an organ transplant, it's, that's life-changing shit. That, you know, especially if it's a kid. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
it's just no, there's no question there. You just keep getting it done, of course. Yeah, there was a, um, you know, look at looking back, there was a, a Jewish belief um, that would have been in play um, during Jesus' time when he was alive, um, where no matter what, the preservation of life was supposed to be put ahead of everything else. And so this is something that biblical scholars and theologians are universally in agreement that Jesus would have believed this as well. But so, which in my opinion would completely negate the blood doctrine that Jehovah's Witnesses stick by. So just something to throw out there that, you know, I think people should should consider as well. Like if, if you're told to be a follower of Christ um, and then somebody tells you something to do uh, to the contrary, um, it should yeah. really make you question what what they're asking you to do. Yeah. Uh, what would be the right and what would be the wrong thing to do? You just don't know, do you, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was it difficult difficult for you to choose? Um, you know, when I was in it and that uh, that new fraction doctrine, um, when that information was presented, um, oddly enough, after I got baptized, um, they have what they call a blood card. Um, blood card? Yeah, um, so it has like a it's a drawing of a, like a bag of blood, like for a dr blood transfusion. And it yeah. says blood card on it. And it's on it, it's basically a declaration saying that you refuse medical treatment of blood. Um, if you want blood fractions, uh, whatever they deem to be acceptable, like they leave the fraction part up to each individual, but blood as a whole is not allowed. So, but most Jehovah's Witnesses have that blood card, um, usually in their wallet or in their car, somewhere on, on their person. Um, oddly enough, I never signed one. I just, for whatever reason, it never sat right with me um, after I got baptized. Yeah. Um, and so, but when the fraction doctrine came out, I was like, well, if you're gonna do it then you should do it all the way like why is a part of it okay but the whole thing isn't and anyway so i just i don't know overall i guess you could say it didn't matter because i never signed one myself don't blame you man. don't blame you yeah yeah and looking back you know looking back on it now you know i you know i have i have a son and if anything were to happen to him, I, I would do anything within my power to make sure he got all the medical treatment that could save his life. Yeah, you would. You'd do anything for that little kid. Um, I mean, I've got my, my daughter, she's my world, mate. She's my world. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, help. Uh, yeah. Asking how, how old? The little girl, she's 15. 15, 15 November. Yeah, she's, uh, she's brilliant, mate. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh-oh. How old did you say all that is, did you say? Uh, no, he's, he's 18. 18? Yeah. Oh, lovely. Is he, uh, what, what's he, what's he want to do with himself? Um, undecided. Undecided right now. Uh, in his, in his senior year, 
So we're going to let him finish up and, and uh, you know, hopefully guide him in the right direction wherever he wants to yeah, go. Yeah, well. Help him out with yeah. that. Oh, I've made up. They're today's kids, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, she, uh, she's the best thing that's ever happened to me. She, she changed my life. She oh, changed my world. She's just fucking amazing, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly how it should be. You know, yeah, yeah. I do want to say that, that um, I, like I said, I'm not trying to, to bash individual Jehovah's Witnesses. Like I said, I, I believe the majority of them are good people. And I yeah. do believe that they all love their children and they beyond outside of blood, they would give their child any medical treatment that they could. So whatever the parents conscience like allows them to do, like they would do that. And I do believe that they love their children. Um, I, I do know of people that have lost a child from not taking blood and it was devastating. That. Oh, I could imagine. I could imagine, mate. Yeah, and so I'm not trying to say that they wouldn't cry over it, or they wouldn't, you know, they're not heartbroken, or they don't don't miss them dearly. It's just from the programming from the religion is they're yeah. told this is unacceptable to God, and if you were to do this, you know, they could lose their chance in being on on a paradise earth. For sure, mate. For sure. I mean. I don't. I don't believe for one minute that God would be uh, thumbs up for not letting a child uh, have the option of, of having uh, an organ transplant or, or blood, even to right. save the life. It, it's it's not even a question. <laughs> exactly, and it shouldn't be. No. It shouldn't even be a question. That should be everybody's, you know, first first reaction is is yeah. uh, to the protection of of their child or or anyone else's child yeah 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 so um let me see where were we so now as as time went on um so i started you know seeing these different uh different people that were coming out with you know you could call it alternative history um i think the first the first book i got my hands on uh, that wasn't a Jehovah's Witness book was called Ruled by Secrecy, and it was written by Jim Mars. And unfortunately, uh, he passed away uh, a number of years ago. Yeah, um, yeah. He, he was an investigative journalist originally, but he saw the way corporate media was being ran and how controlled it was. And the, a lot of times the real story wasn't able to be presented due to corporate interests of the, the networks. And so for him, he decided to go out and just uh, author books. And so he you know, looked at the, the JFK assassination. Um, uh, there's several books are, you know, are occulted history. I uh, I said ruled by secrecy. Um, he was into UFOlogy quite a bit, uh, from my understanding. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I, I've heard some people actually say that he was. Um, his Scientology has a list of books that are considered acceptable, and from what I've been told, is Jim Mars' books were considered acceptable to Scientologists. Oh. So because of that that a lot of people feel that 
Jim Mars was uh, science. I don't know the word, but Scientology has a, a word or a phrase of people who aren't like officially in the organization, but are in agreement with it. Um, I hope huh? I'm getting that right. And so, so, like, so they're really pulling off. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. And so yeah, some yeah. people say that he was that he was in that or considered to be that whatever that word or phrase is. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But anyways, uh, looking at through that, um, actually, one of the things that drew me to his book, um, being a Jehovah's Witness was, I was like, okay, if anybody's going to tell me like what's true, then I need to at least know, know that they know God's name. And this was my thinking back then. And so I, f I flipped through the glossary in the back and I saw uh, Jehovah. And so I looked, looked and I found it and like he believed that Jehovah was God's name. So I was like, okay, then this will be okay to read. I'll, I'll read this book. And so anyways, reading it, um, found out there's a lot of things uh, in history that we weren't told about or just things that you wouldn't find in your typical high school textbook. Um, and that kind of opened the realm up of uh, alternative history. And seeing that <clears throat> started to poke holes in, again, in some of the witness theology. Um, it's kind of difficult to explain, but um, they had a series of prophecy books. Um, so there's one called Isaiah's Prophecy and Daniel's Prophecy, um, and also the Book of Revelation. Um, and so from what I had learned in, in that book, and then later seeing some things on the History Channel that kind of were in agreement with that book, started to poke holes in the prophecy books that witnesses have. Um, yeah. And oddly enough, um, those books are now out of circulation, and the majority have been destroyed because yeah, they consider it to be old light. Ah, interesting. And so when new information comes out uh, for Jehovah's Witnesses uh, of a spiritual nature, they they call it new light. And so uh, new light. Yeah. So they they have a go what's called a governing body. Is there's eight men in Warwick, New York, and they kind of run everything from there. There's a huge, um, I don't know how to how else to put it, a state or a compound, whatever label you want to put on it, um, that they run from there in the factory for the printing. And then they have um, other various uh, Bethels um, in different countries where printing is done uh, for those countries or, you know, on that side of the world, where, wherever they're located. Right. Yeah, but um, anyways, but the thing, the odd thing is with... Uh, talking about new light is that's one of the things that people um, point to uh, in regards to Freemasonry. Um, Freemasonry, um, Albert Pike has a famous saying um, that he wrote in his book Morals and Dogma, and it's just talking about uh, new light and deceiving those um, who who don't deserve to have it. And giving yeah. false explanations. Um, sorry, I'm not quoting word for word, but that's that's the gist of it. Um, it would it kind of rang true for myself 
and uh, a lot of other ex-Jehovah's Witnesses because it sounded eerily similar to the Jehovah's Witness phraseology of new light and ah. the explanation for it. Yeah, because you're, you're going to notice that straight away, aren't you? It's, even if it's like slightly similar, you're going to think that. Oh, so, yeah. And there's there's uh, key phrases uh, people who are witnesses will, will know. And there's been... It, it's funny, I got involved with a, a, a multi-level marketing company uh, some years back, and I oh, started, uh, it's kind of like, uh, what's the best way to describe it? It's like a pyramid scheme. It kind of, yeah, they, I mean, yeah, it really is. They They word it differently, I think, for legality purposes, but it's really it's really a pyramid scheme just explained differently. And, uh, and it, so I was kind of checking out this company, but a lot of the, some of the phraseology that they use was too similar to what, to what I had come out of. And so I could never really uh, fully be in it. Cause I just, I don't know, no matter what, I didn't want to, to feel like I was manipulating somebody in any way. And some of the sales tactics in a lot of those company are very uh, manipulative. And so I just, and I couldn't in good conscience do that. And so, uh, yeah, I, I had to bow out. <laughs> but there's yeah. certain, uh, anyways, there's certain phraseology that witnesses use. Um, let me see here. So if I could give you, do you mind if I give you a few? Not at all, then. Not at all. All right. So uh, let's see here. So right now, um, just for for easiness' sake, um, I'm quoting from a lady named Barbara Anderson. Uh, she wrote a book yeah. called called Uncensored, uh, but she actually worked in the writing department at Bethel and she would help put together a lot of the information that would go um, into their magazines and uh, I think she actually worked on their pro what they call the proclaimers book and that is uh, basically the the history of Jehovah's Witnesses but I, I would say it's their whitewashed history uh, there's a lot of things a lot of things that they uh, conveniently left out of that book uh, but anyways this is out of her book uh, called uncensored um, <clears throat> so governing body members, a group of men who lead the Watchtower's worldwide organization, they're responsible for setting policy and beliefs, basically their spiritual dogma. Uh, Bethelites, men and women who live and work at Bethel, which is Watchtower's headquarters. Uh, there's overseers, so whether it could be a congregation overseer, uh, a district overseer, which would be kind of on a larger scale. Um, so say you have your congregation and then your district overseer would be like for your state or maybe a group of cities. Um, yeah. Depends on how they decide to break it up. And then there's a branch overseer. And uh, so that would be uh, like you have your branch overseers like at Bethel, so to say. Um, then there's elders, which are kind of considered they're not a paid clergy but if you were to go into a catholic church um it would kind of be like talking to a priest it's kind of considered the same thing 
Um, then there's ministerial servants, and these are men who uh, just apprentice the, the elders, basically help with anything the elders need help with. So maybe uh, some of the lighter duties in the congregation, whether it's uh, doing the sound or their, the literature uh, for, the, <clears throat> for the kingdom hall. Um, there's various things. There's uh, judicial committee members. So that's when three elders in a congregation, uh, they're basically judge, jury uh, for the accused of anybody who goes against what uh, goes against watchtower policy. Yeah. Uh, there's pioneers. Um, and the the amount of time has changed over the years. It's become less and less. Uh, but at one time, it was like a pioneer had to put in 100 hours a month into the ministry work. Yeah. Yeah. So it, anyways, I mean, the, it can go on and on. There's a bunch of different uh, different phrases. Uh, There's something that I think uh, everybody should know about is uh, what they call theocratic warfare. And that's telling a lie if the information could be damaging to the Watchtower organization. And yeah. so th that phrase is used quite a bit when it comes to a lot of the pedophile allegations that has come against the organization and anybody who's interested in that aspect of it um, I would recommend that they watch the Australian Royal Commission and uh, the attorney that was questioning them just did an outstanding job and um, that was something that was kind of the final one of the final straws for myself and my wife um, is we watched a governing body member take the stand and we were told our entire life growing up as witnesses you're supposed to have an answer for the authorities be, be truthful give an answer like stand up for god that's what we were told our whole life and then in watching this gentleman get questioned by the attorney I, he outright lied and or yeah. Yeah, or if you want to be t on some things, people might say, well, he didn't lie. He was leaving information out. Um, that's basically called lying by omission. So it's telling something and but making somebody believe something other than the truth. So like, say, if you were to say, uh, say, hey, you know, if your wife came to you and was like, hey, were you at the pub last night? And you said, turned around and said, yeah, I was at the pub and you were doing it in a sarcastic way that might make her think, no, I wasn't at the pub, even though you were telling the truth. It, do you see what I'm getting at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So it, you could say the truth, but it's leading somebody to believe something other than the truth. So anyways, it's it just kind of goes on and on. So, but what came out in the Australian Royal Commission was uh, there was a number of pedophiles um, that it was over a thousand from the 1950s to 2016 that were not reported to the authorities. And <clears throat> what happened was 1800 crimes had been committed by that thousand and something, I think it was a thousand and six pedophiles. 1800 crimes were committed against 
children or people because those people weren't turned into the authorities. That's fucking disgusting, mate. Yeah, and it was it was done under the guise of them saying, well, we don't want to bring reproach on Jehovah or Jehovah's organization. So, but if you're talking about God, like you and I, you know, we might set a bad example, but you and I, if you believe in God, we, we couldn't bring reproach on God. Like, if he's God, he's going to take care of himself. Like, he wouldn't have an yeah. issue doing that, right? So it just, I don't know, when you start looking at everything, it just, it doesn't add up. And so that, uh, that is the big, I think that is the biggest issue that's going on uh, for Jehovah's Witnesses right now. Um, you know, you and I talking about our kids, like yeah. if somebody had done something like that, you know, to your child, you know, I mean, I, I would hope that I, I wouldn't hurt somebody, but I think your first reaction would, I want to go kill that person. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's, it, it's, it's not even a question. You just, you know, you, you'll do what you need to do. Um, regardless of the outcome yeah and and unfortunately i you know i can myself my wife um i would say the majority of jehovah's witnesses that i know know of at least one person if not a handful of people who have been molested at some point and unfortunately, you know, not. I'm not saying it's always Jehovah's Witnesses, um, but no, I, I, I can say it goes on through all all the religions. Uh, oh, it's it's known for the, the old Catholics. They can't yeah. control themselves. Yeah, you know, and that was one of the things growing up as a witness is we always kind of, or you know, witnesses always kind of, uh, in a way, poked fun at the Catholics because of <laughs> the issue. Yeah, yeah. That everybody knew was going on in the churches and you know things weren't really coming to light you know about it until like the 90s really and 2000s and uh i don't know just when you look at when you look at that um as horrible as it is at least the catholic church came out and admitted there was a problem and apologized for it you know whether people believe it was sincere or not you know that's up to them but they made a public apology. There were, you know, uh, settlements that were made in court. And although that never negates the horrible things that these people had to go through, uh, it, at least it's something. Um, but with Jehovah's Witnesses, every time that happens, they always appeal the case because they're trying to hold on to that money. Really? So, yeah, it's, uh, I'd look at, uh, there's the Kansas Conti case. Um, there's a, Vice News did an excellent documentary um, about Jehovah's Witnesses. And that was the primary focus was um, on the abuse and the disfellowshipping policies. Yeah. Um, they covered a lot of that and they covered the Kansas Conti case. And, um, you know, I covered that uh, with the Occult Rejects. Um, NY Patriot and Lux were great. They had a bunch of information on that, and um, they don't they don't come any better than your Patriot and Lux. Yeah, they'll do anything for you. Yeah, it was uh, my heart just I mean breaks for anybody that has to has to endure that. 
I, I don't know how people get out of bed, honestly. You know, I, I just, my hat's off to them for the strength that the, those people show. And then being able to confront, sure. con, you know, being able to confront that. Um, <clears throat> but seeing that the, the pedophilia problem, um, my belief, is, you know, most people would say, well, there's, you know, there's just horrible people out there, which is true. Some people are just bad. Um, my belief is it stems from a spiritual problem of the Jehovah's Witness religion. And so, I, you know, don't have time to get in, into it today, but um, just uh, that's, that's yeah, sure, I'm sure we can get into another point, Jack. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure yeah, we can. Get into that. I'd love to have you on again, mate. Yeah, I, I, it really is. All, it's all fascinating to me, this. You don't, I don't think people realize how how passionate religion can be. Yeah. But there's pros and cons for everything, uh, I guess. Yeah, unfortunately, most most uh, organizations, whether religious or not, are, you know, it's a, it's about the almighty dollar <laughs> trying to hold on to it. Uh, that's all people are bothered about, isn't it, mate? Money, money, money. Yeah. Um, people, uh, fucking, to some people, money is more important than fucking than your family. It's, um, <laughs> it's crazy. It's getting worse as well, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is, and I think it's just gonna gonna continue to get worse as yeah the supplies start running out and. You know, yeah. things are starting oh, wait, starting oh, to be withheld from the public. I, I think oh, it's oh. worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I am actually uh, when I when I finish speaking, I've got to work on you know releasing some episodes, and I'm actually releasing one for you know uh, Red Pill Cartel David. I'm sorry. What was, you said was yeah. it Red Pill? Red Pill Cartel. Yes, yeah, a podcast. David. David Waver. No, I, I don't think I have. Oh, you know, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll send you a couple of his uh, episodes. It's a quality show. Well, one of his friends, is uh, he's got a five-year-old little girl. Uh, she's had, uh, she's had some like, procedures, you know, medical procedures done to her. Um, and she's got like, a GoFundMe page because she's struggling, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. She's, okay. she's five, mate, five years old. Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to do is uh, on the anchor, I'm going to create um, like a donations page, and then 100% uh, of the donations from the anchor will go towards this little girl. Oh, that's awesome! Uh, just yeah. trying to help me. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, so we have it's, it's my episode with Colorado Dank. So we'll, um, so it'll be off me, Colorado Dank, and New York Patient because he's helped me. With oh, the nice. editing accessory, anyway. Oh, but so good. even if it's a little bit, mate, it's better than nothing. We're trying. I just, uh, I don't know what I would do if, in, if I was in that situation. I know when, when, when my little girl when she's poorly, you're like, fuck it, I'd, I'd change places with her any day, mate. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Oh, but, yeah. The, this little girl, she's five. Fucking five. Oh, poor baby. I know, I know. So uh, I will when I when I release it, I'll, I'll I'll send it out on Instagram and that. See, hopefully we'll get 
just a bit more help for. Yeah, I'll keep I'll keep an eye out for that definitely. Oh, thanks, mate. Much appreciated. It won't be much like it'll just be something like I don't know, like two ninety nine or something like that. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah, like yeah. Yeah, every little bit helps. Yeah, I know, I know. Oh yeah, it's uh, I mean like that. What what we spoke of tonight. I I, I bet we don't even scratch the surface, Jack. Yeah, there's a lot more. <laughs> Do you know what 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 is intriguing to me? I, I want to know more about these books. You know, where you said there's there's like certain books were like the sort of like a rare book, like you know that kind. Oh, they're um, <clears throat> oh, like the the prophecy books we were talking about. Yes, yes, then yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so uh, the... Do you have one? Uh, yeah, I have several. Um, unfortunately, oh. the majority of my old library is gone, but I I was able to hold on to some, some of it. Um, okay. But yeah, I have uh, the original Revelation book, and I think that came out... Seriously? Yeah, that came out in the 1980s. Um, so there, was, there were two or possibly three editions to it and I have an original and then I have the last edition um, <clears throat> but yeah one of so one of the things that that caught my caught my eye and I think it might be interesting to your viewers so yeah. in order for the Jehovah's Witness theology to work and it, it's far too much to explain it in whole um, but the we'll say the shortened version of it um, they believe uh, that Jehovah is God. They believe Jesus is the Son of God, and they believe that the Holy Spirit is God's active force. So they view it as three separate things. They don't believe, like I said, they don't believe in a Trinity. Um, but they also believe that Michael the Archangel, that's mentioned in the Bible, is also Jesus. But that's like Jesus in his heavenly form. Um, and then if you look at their Revelation book, um, if you uh, in the scripture, Revelation 9, verse 11, um, it talks about Apollyon or um, slash Abaddon. And uh, Abaddon, yeah. yeah, one of those names, um, I apologize, I forget. One of those names, I think it's Abaddon, means destroyer in Hebrew. I think they both be yeah. The Abaddon's destroying Hebrew. Uh, I think that they're the same entity. Both, yeah, like the so, different. Uh, right. Yeah. Watch, one is the Greek. Yeah. One is one is the heat. So Apollyon is supposed to be the Greek, and and Abaddon is. Yeah. Yeah. To be, so, yeah. Um, so, but they also believe that that is Jesus. Now, really. Yeah. Now the interesting thing about about that is. Um, Charles Taze Russell. Now, a lot of people think he started the Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, what he did do is he started the Watchtower magazine and yeah. the Watchtower Corporation. Now, after um, it started, um, he passed away, oddly enough, uh, Halloween night in 1916. He died on a train. And a lot of people have their theories about what that was. Um, 
newspaper said it was due to, you know, some kind of medical complications that he had, um, and he just kind of succumbed to them. Um, <clears throat> anyways, after he passed away, um, there's a man uh, named Rutherford uh, who ended up kind of taking over. He was the attorney uh, for the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. Um, he basically strong-armed his way in um, to become president because Russell had put in his will uh, for a different member on the board to become the president. Well, Rutherford, being the attorney, knew about it, and he basically got uh, some people removed on the board. You got to remember, it's a corporation. So whether it's religious or not, a corporation has to have board members. And so yeah. decisions are made, you know, for the corporation with these board members. So he was able to remove a couple of board members, put some new ones in place that he knew would sway the vote towards him, which is basically what he did. Long story short, that's what he did. And then he became uh, the Watchtower president. Um, they call him Judge Rutherford, but... It was funny. He was only judge for like a day. There was a judge that was out sick and he was a, a, a fairly well-known attorney. And so he was a judge for the day and he just liked the title and he kept it. So everybody called <laughs> Judge Rutherford <laughs> from, from that. Seriously? Yeah. And, oh, yeah. So he was known to be, um, uh, he was an alcoholic. Um, he actually said a lot about the prohibition um he said that the prohibition is of satan <laughs> it's good he was known to like he was known to like the drink and so oh i'm sure he i forgot how but there is somehow he was involved with moonshine um at the very least buying it if not you know, if not having people make it for right him. yeah you fucking wank it then right yeah yeah <laughs> really oh yeah so um uh, yeah, it's just crazy. It goes on and on. And I, I apologize. I apologize. I, I forgot where I was going with that to bring bring all that up. Oh, no, we've ever, like we said, we'll do this over a few parts. So if there's anything that we leave out, I want to you know, we'll get, we'll get back into it, Gower. Yeah. All right. You know, uh, you know I'll do all the show notes anyway. And then, like I said before, it's released. Have a quick look at it. If you're happy with it, we'll send it out. But uh, like, it really is all fascinating, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to you going into the uh, the occult side of it as well. You know, the old witchcraft or whatever you do. Yeah, yeah, we yeah we definitely touch on that. Um, <clears throat> so there is, uh, so in my research, uh, when I was looking into stuff, uh, Aleister Crowley kept coming up. Um, you know, in different occult circles. Um, and But I really wanted to focus on uh, not just like internet rumor and legend. Um, I wanted to really find uh, somebody that knew, you know, knew what they were talking about with it. Um, and I actually came across a gentleman named William Ramsey. And, William uh, Ramsey, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so um, in learning about his his work uh, about Crowley, um, I found that Crowley used uh, watchtowers. 
and so obviously different than the Watchtower magazine. Um, but <clears throat> like I said before, the, the Jehovah's Witness organization tries to keep itself as far away from anything considered pagan or anything of the occult. In fact, yeah. they, they preach against the occult constantly. Um, that's, uh, that's why so many, um, I would say within my, my age group, people that were growing up in the 70s and 80s um, and even the early 90s, um, they were, as kids, like we were scared of demons, like because they talked about it a lot in their literature. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. So they, they believe, you know, Satan is real, demons follow Satan, and yeah. anything that has anything of the occult is, is demonic and could bring, you know, possibly bring demons into your home. Do you think that they, uh speak on demons more than Christians, because Christians do uh, mention it. Yeah, I, I don't not anymore. Um, they, right. while they still, they do talk about it in their literature, it's not as prominent as it once was. I think they're kind of trying to step away from it. Um, yeah, there's a new book uh, that just, just came out um, I was flipping through, and they they do mention it a little bit, but it's very minimal, like very minimal now. Um, but like what I was saying, uh, getting back to the to the watchtowers, finding out about Crowley, um, I pulled up a book of oh, what's the guy's name? Um, I think it's Michael John Michael Greer. And he's a well-known occultist. Um, he's in several different orders, but he wrote book, yeah he wrote a book um, of, called just called the Occult Encyclopedia. And he goes, that's where I've seen it. Yeah, it's a big giant book. Yeah, yeah, big giant book. And so in there, um, I had read you know I'd seen rumors about it online uh, about Watchtowers, but I wanted to see it for myself. Uh, what they what they said and so in the book um, he goes on to explain he gives two different two different definitions of it because uh, the golden dawn um, they used it and it's also used in witchcraft or you could call it just the the wiccan religion however people want to refer to it and i let me see here sorry i'm trying to pull it up right now Fascinating debate. It's like, like you said, a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of stuff goes back to Mr. Crowler. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, it does. There's actually a lot. There's actually <laughs> yeah. a lot. Do, do you know what? What I, I saw about quick, quickly have a look into it, but yeah, there's not much on it at all. Uh, he worked with what was his name? Now? Was it Edward Grant? Kenneth Grant? Oh, Kenneth Grant. Kenneth, yeah. Kenneth Grant. Yeah. He uh, he has a fiddle about with the the OCO, didn't he? With the uh, uh, is it Typhonian OCO he, he created out of it? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. And he used where was it H.P. Lovecraft's? Some of the all like uh, the the great old ones and the Necronomicon. Yeah, yeah, that's oh man, it's funny the. It's amazing the way the web like just spreads out 
you know, from Crowley and because <laughs> you can, you know, you can connect it to, you know, like you said, Kenneth Grant. Um, uh, I've I've read uh, there's a gentleman named Leo Zagami. Um, he's written ex- extensively on the on the OTO. He's actually um, he's works for Infowars now. Um, Alex Jones is saying, but he, yeah, yeah. He was, he's an ex um, OTO member, and he made his way up um, pretty far. To my understanding, he got up to the just up to right before you had to do like homosexual um, rituals. So he stopped. Yeah. Yeah. He stopped before he, he got to that point. It's my understanding, and um, yeah, I mean, but in like he even said that Anton Lavey was in the that started the church of satan was in the oto so if you so if that's true like you could see going from from crowley to the oto then anton LaVey starting the church of satan right and then uh colonel michael aquino was also in the church of satan but it wasn't yeah, yeah. evil enough like he he didn't believe anton LaVey's version of satanism because it's more of an atheistic view. Um, so he believes Satan to be an actual being, um, but he thought the translation was wrong. He thought it was actually Set. So he started the Temple of Set, and then there's other members that have come out of the Temple of Set and started their own you know, magical orders, and the web yeah. just kind of, you know, it spreads from there. And, you know... Yeah, I mean, and then there's various... Uh, you know, like uh, what's the other one? Order of Nine Angles, and you know all those. Oh yes, oh, nine angles. Golden Doll. There's a few in there. Copper eighteen. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Hey, do you mind if I read uh, read those definitions from that uh, occult encyclopedia? Jack, well, you do whatever you want, mate. I oh. am fascinated here. You melted my brain. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant right. mate it's brilliant so yeah yeah you say whatever you want mate all right all right so here we have watchtowers it says in modern pagan practice manifestations of the four directional powers usually corresponding to the four elements and other aspects of the fourfold symbolism that plays so important a role in current pagan magical practice the four watchtowers are imagined far beyond the magical circle in the four directions. Each functions as a protective power for the circle, as well as a portal to other realms of being. The watchtowers are presided over by the watchers. Since in most rituals for casting a magical circle in modern paganism, calls to the watchtowers plays an important part. Says the in this definition, it says the watchtowers cannot be traced in pagan practice before the 20th century and are probably borrowing from the golden dawn magic where the four Anakian watchtowers play a similar part in some ritual workings and then we'll i'll i'll get back to that one um but then there's watchtowers in Enochian magic it says the four tables of letters combinations used in the Enochian system of magic corresponding to the four elements So for that, that's like fire, earth, water, wind. Uh, And that actually ties into back 
to the Tetragrammaton, and we, we can touch on that in a minute. It says, in many modern versions of Anakian magic, the four watchtowers are set up in the four corners, quarters of the magical temple and used as gateways for the manifestations of elemental... Gateways? Yeah. Is that like a portal, that mate? Uh, essentially, yeah. yeah. Oh. It says, the description of the tables as watchtowers is based on a vision received by Edward Kelly during the original Anakian workings in which he perceived four great towers at the quarters of the earth from which the angels of the watchtowers came forth. So that's with Anakian magic and uh, the Golden Dawn. Um, <clears throat> but going back, there's, there's also a... Sorry, let's pull this up real quick. Have it. So, oh, sorry, the page disappeared. Um, I had I had written a, a short article on on my Facebook page about the Watchtowers and its ties in into witchcraft. Yeah. Um, uh, anyways, the if you look at, um, I actually came across this from. Uh, Manly P. Hall, his book, The Secret Teachings of All Ages. And so Manly P. Hall was a, a high-ranking Freemason, and he was considered one of their most important um, philosophers, uh, modern-day philosophers. Um, but in it, there's a picture on page 241, and it's of Diana of Ephesus. It says, crowned with a triple tower-like tiara, and her form adorned with symbolic creatures representative of her spiritual powers, Diana stood for the source that that imperishable doctrine for which flowing from the bosom of the great Multimia is the spiritual food for those aspiring men and women who have consecrated their lives to the contemplation of reality. As the physical body of man receives its nutriment from the great earth mother, so the spiritual nature of man is fed from the never-failing fountains of truth pouring outward from the invisible worlds. Now, if you look at the picture, um, there's a watchtower on top of her head. Right. Now, if you go back to, um, funny enough, though, it actually goes back. It, this is this is biblical uh, for those who are, who are Bible believers, or even if into history. Um, it, will it be in like the Christian Bible? Will it also be in yeah. you know, the Jehovah? What, what's the equivalent Jehovah's Bible equivalent? Oh, they, they have a Bible. Um, it's called the New World Translation. So the New World Translation. Uh -huh. Yeah. And so that's something else people kind of point to. New World Translation. They're like, do they mean New World Order Translation? Do they? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, know, uh, you know, everybody has their thoughts on that. Um, but there is also, but during biblical times, um, the Apostle Paul, um, it was said that he never encountered a greater challenge than when he entered Asia and specifically the great city of Ephesus where he attempted to convert the populace through the preaching of the gospel. Um, so what he had run into in Ephesus was a lot of Diana worship, and that was Diana of Ephesus that we just read about. 
And so at the time, it would have she would have been considered. Um, actually, it's easier if I just read this, if you don't mind. This is uh, the worship fine. of the worship of Diana in the temple of Diana in Ephesus was the greatest single unifying religion among all pagan people up to that time. It took 220 years to build the massive temple to the goddess Diana. Stationed in the heart of Ephesus, the temple was 425 feet long, 225 Sheesh. feet broad, and had 127 columns of solid white marble, each standing 60 feet high. So at the time, the worship of Diana was uh, actually the biggest uh, challenge to uh, early Christians back then. And in fact, he came, um, it was believed that that um, you could say the principality that was over Ephesus was a very strong presence. Um, and it was through the worship of Diana that it was, it was happening. Um, now, there's an occult belief um, where they call things egregores. Uh, Egregor. Yeah, it's based, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard the, the phrase, some people say thoughts become things. Thoughts become, I don't really know what was this from. Um, it, there, it's funny, there was, a, there was actually a bodybuilder um, that used to say that, thoughts become things. Um, but egregores are basically, um, uh, once something is, is imagined, and more than a group of, like if a small group of people starts to show any kind of praise or worship towards it, yeah. it's, it's in the occult realm. I'm not saying that this is scriptural, but in the occult realm, it's considered um, coming into being. Like something is created on a metaphysical level at that point. That's the yeah. easiest explanation I, I can give. Um, there's there's entire books that are written on just just egregores. Um, I'll I'll have to share what it's on my page. If you look scroll down, you'll find it. Um, but it's really interesting though. Like that to me, whether I don't know. I think sometimes in the occult world, the explanations that they have are are different than a Christian explanation. Um, but I think that it it's referring to the same thing. And it just just my feeling on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but funny enough, so Diana of Ephesus um, is considered to be, uh, it, throughout history, as time went on, uh, became uh, part of a, like a triune god, or excuse me, triune goddess, uh, with other, uh, other uh, female goddesses. And um, Hecate was one of them. And Hecate is kind of uh, worshipped as part of uh, the, I think, the moon and the underworld um, right. in the Wiccan religion. So, yeah. you know, I'm not saying that Jehovah's Witnesses, like their governing body, is doing rituals. There are people that do say that. Um, I'm not making that claim. My point for bringing these things out is if they're going to stick by you know, we don't want anything to do with the occult and anything of paganism, then yeah. I would say you should really rename your main tool of giving out information. That's just what you preach, yeah. 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 You know, so they they do that with the Watchtower. So they have what's called a, a Watchtower study, and there's 
it's basically a religious article that's you know anywhere from like 15 to you know 20 something paragraphs on a particular subject and so <clears throat> they do that like every weekend there's a new watchtower study that that they have every but, single weekend yeah but it's considered they call it spiritual food so if you go back to what Manly P. Hall said about Diana of Ephesus dispersing spiritual food from her bosom, yeah, and then you, with a watchtower on top of her head, and then you look at Jehovah's Witnesses studying their watchtowers for spiritual food, I mean, take that as you will. Yeah, you know, the... Uh... You know what? There was an episode with a couple of rejects. It was on uh, Scarlet Hor. Oh, the Scarlet Hor. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and Jabulon. Oh. Um, Jab- you, uh-huh. you, yeah, you, you sent me some information on Jabulon, didn't you? Uh, I've still got that. You know, uh, hopefully, going to be touching up on the subject again sometime in the near future. Um, is there a Scarlet Hor, so to speak, that? And that belief in Jehovah's Witness religion as well. Yes. If so, what what would it be called? So they they believe the Scarlet Whore is all all false religion that isn't of Jehovah like anything any religion that isn't Jehovah's Witness they believe is the Scarlet Whore. Every single and, sort of Christian, Catholic, yeah, um, fucking anything. It, yeah. Yeah, Buddhism. That's, that's like one extreme to the other, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. And then, but they also believe that the wild beast that uh, the Book of Revelation talks about, her writing. Yeah. Um, they believe that that is the United Nations. Really? Yeah. And so the um, let me see the what came before the United Nations was the League of Nations. Um, and then when that fizzled out, uh, I forgot when the United oh, Nations fizzled. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've not heard that for fucking years. Fizzled. <laughs> but uh, nice yeah, so they they believe that the the beast is the United Nations, and basically that that false religion and government are basically in bed with each other. So that's why they refer to it as the as the whore, and. Yeah. So, but, you know, but that right there, um, they're hypocritical in that because information came out that Jehovah's Witnesses were actually NGO members of the United Nations. Um, An investigative reporter had found, had actually just ran across this information. And the moment he published it, like within a day or two, they withdrew their membership from the United Nations. And then they were asked about it. They said, oh, we did it basically for a library card. Like they wanted access to the United Nations library is the excuse that was used. Oh. Uh, but it's silly, uh, like you didn't need to be a- lame man. that, mate. Pretty lame that. <laughs> Fuck you know. Yeah, so they don't, I mean, you don't need to be a member to, at least at that time, you didn't need to be a member to access the library. But the important thing to know is if you were going to be an NGO member to the United Nations, you have to sign a form 
which is basically a, a pledge saying that you're not going to put the United Nations like in a you're not going to put them in a bad light or misrepresent them. And that's that's all that they've done is if they could call it the beast of revelation, like you can't get much worse than that, right? <laughs> I mean, biblically speaking, unless you call Satan. So somebody, whoever signed them up to be an NGO, knowingly did that. But I think they just they got caught and they tried to backpedal out. And so they just, you know, spun a spun a bunch of excuses for it. But that's that would be something that's really important um, to Jehovah's Witnesses because um, that that revelation book that we were talking about, um, each time a new edition came out, it was it was studied. And I think one of them was actually studied twice because it was considered uh, kind of a deep, uh, deep subject to get into. And there was a lot of information to cover. Um, but there's it there's a lot of uh, theological like flip-flopping that that they have to do um, like i said before talking about new light it's something that that they constantly do with different things so from people being excommunicated and then they call it disfellowshipping and then there was a while where you know people who were disfellowshipped were allowed to associate with people and then a short time later they changed it back and then they're not allowed to associate with people and i mean just there's several different doctrines and things that are that have been changed over the years and so one of the excuses that they use for it is they call it um this is a jehovah's celestial chariot um given from the book I believe it's Ezekiel talking about the celestial chariot and uh, just trying to keep up up with the organization who's trying keeping up with the information. So that's kind of one of the reasons why their theology is constantly changing. They're saying we're they're trying to keep up with the celestial chariot, and so they don't they never put the blame really on themselves. They say, well. It's, it's us. We're just trying to keep up with God, and you need to keep up with us. So, so it works out. So, is that making sense at all? Firstly, uh, Jack, would you like to let the listeners know where they can get hold of you, please? If you've got any questions, such as like your email address, your social medias, etc. Yeah, um, yeah. So, my social media, um, I just have a a Facebook page and an Instagram page. Those are the only social yeah. media I'm on. Um, email, I kind of keep uh, more for, for business and, and getting in touch with people for podcasts. But yeah, uh, play, yeah, right? yeah, but yeah, just look up Jack Pine Research on Facebook and Instagram, and you'll see uh, my little uh, icon is a uh, Jabulon. You'll see it there, and uh, that's me. So I'll, I'll answer any questions. Fantastic, like that. Yeah, and so yeah, I yeah, yeah. thank you so much Brilliant. for having me on the show. And oh, I, I, I always look forward to, uh, to speaking with uh, elite-level researchers like yourself, Jack. Uh, but that's how I see you. 
the work yeah. you do is, it really is fantastic. Oh, well, thank uh, you. Thank you. I appreciate that. It really is. No, we appreciate you. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, everybody's, you know, searching for, you know, some kind of truth and yeah. it's hard for people to find it. You know, especially in the world today, I think so many people feel that the media is lying to them. And oh. uh, if your religion is lying to you, it, you know, it makes people feel very, uh, you know, who can you trust? So, yeah. uh, you know, I think everybody's on this journey. We're all trying to find find some truth and just trying to help each other out. And so I think that the best thing we can do is just like you and I, like, you know, even if we believe in, in something different, you know, just talk things out and kind of understand each other's viewpoints. And and that's just the best way to move forward. For sure, mate. Do you know something, Jack? You couldn't have said it any better. Um, you know, you, you, if we all work together, the world will be so much better. Absolutely. Um, it's just life's too short for all the falling out. It really is. I mean, you've got all, all the, the children, the, you know, the kids and illness, disease. It's just life is just too short. It is. I agree. And I, <laughs> you know, you get a certain age that you feel like, man, it's ha it's it's halfway over. You're like, crap, <laughs> I wish I did more. Yeah. Yeah. All we can do, mate, is, is try help each other out best we can. Yeah, but well, uh, I really, really am looking forward to uh, to the next part. Uh, like I, I don't even think we've scratched the surface, mate. And yeah, that's what it's all about. Uh, yeah, I'll try and give give uh, more detail about about some things, and you know, if if anybody gets in contact with you and asks questions, you know, or if you have questions, I'll I'll do my best to answer them if I can. Oh, I, I know you will be. I know you're spot on. Uh, Thank you so much, mate. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Really, you, you really have melted my brain now. We'll be in touch for sure. Yeah, yeah. Have a nice night, uh, Jack. Uh, you and you. Come have right. a good weekend too. Oh, thanks, brother. You too. Okay.